0: Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime.
1: Warning. Guests of The Roy Green Show may experience the truth, being in the hot seat, and in some cases, crying.
0: The Roy Green Show continues on the Chorus Radio Network. C'est toujours Québec, hein? Toujours Québec! Ils sont le problème du Canada. Le Québec. Hitting the search button now, right? Scan. What the hell am I listening to? Sounds like green, but it's not speaking English. Kevin O'Leary telling us last hour that... um, and he gave us an expansive explanation as to why he's not running any longer for the leadership of the Conservative Party, and it has to do with Quebec. And what he uh, his research shows, he hasn't got a chance of generating enough seats in Quebec in order to f- defeat Justin Trudeau in 2019 in the rest of the country. And so now he's thrown his support behind Maxime Bernier. I did ask Mr. O'Leary about his, his intention to run in 2019, and he... Basically said that that will depend on negotiations and conversations with Maxime Bernier, assuming Bernier is going to win. We should never make that assumption. So a lot happening. Maxime Bernier will be on this program tomorrow, as will Kelly Leach, as will Erin O'Toole, as will Andrew Scheer. These are all people who are talked about as potential winners of the Conservative Party of Canada's leadership contest. It's not just one person. And we've seen it in the past where in the third or fourth ballot somebody comes up the middle and manages to create enough alliances in the hour or so preceding and then you have a surprise winner. That could happen. But we'll have uh, four conservative party leadership candidates tomorrow. I just want to say this. Harjit Sajjan the National Minister of Defense, the Minister of National Defense, had enough of a, and has enough, of a, an exemplary and um, praised record as an intelligence officer while he was in Afghanistan. Did he three tours of duty in Afghanistan as a reserve officer in the Canadian Armed Forces. He had enough great reviews by generals of his work There was no need for Mr. Sajjan to go to India and declare himself the architect of Operation Medusa. And he apparently has done that previously. There's no need for that. You don't need to have your Brian Williams moment. And now I would say that the only option left for the minister is to resign. Because if you lie about military activity as a member of the military... That's a big issue. That is a huge problem, and it's Mr. Sajin's problem now. Minister Sajin's problem. How he handles it, we will uh, we will know shortly. I guess they're just they have their their fingers in the air now, checking where the wind's blowing from, and if the anger in the country is sufficiently uh, strong and uh, and enduring, he may go. Professor Alan Lichtman, the distinguished professor of history at American University in Washington, D.C., the author of uh, The Case for Impeachment, says Donald Trump is going to go. Uh, Professor Lichtman says the impeachment of Donald Trump is unavoidable. He's correctly predicted each presidential election victory since 1984, including Trump versus Clinton. And He'll join us in the next half hour. So what is the case for impeachment of Donald Trump? We'll ask the professor. We talked to him during the election campaign when he predicted Trump would win and a lot of people thought he was off his rocker. Well, we uh, we remember speaking many times during the election campaign, the primaries, and then the election itself with Fran Coombs, managing editor of Rasmussen Reports, Rasmussen Polling, rasmussenreport.com. And uh, Fran very early spoke very positively about Donald Trump. Trump's chances. I think maybe even a day or so before I did. Anyway, he's back with us after 100 days of Donald Trump presidency. Our friend Fran Coombs from Rasmussen is back with us. Fran, thank you for taking the time on uh, on an almost May weekend, Trump's hundred first uh, first days. Um, when it comes to Americans and their view of the president's performance, does it break down to Republican support him, Democrats don't?
1: that that's pretty much the case roy uh, i mean to, to no surprise i mean you know how how strong the passions were after this election and uh, that's what we're seeing in our polls republicans most republicans like trump's proposals they like what he's doing they like his job the job he's doing uh, but democrats feel even more strongly uh, that they don't like the job he's doing they don't like his proposals uh, and unaffiliated voters are kind of in between they're they're lukewarm on trump
0: so I also heard or read something day before yesterday, I think it was, that if the election were held today, the same election, Trump versus Clinton, Trump would win again.
1: I saw the I saw the headline on that poll. I never did get a chance to look at the methodology. But yes, they showed that Trump, I think, winning by a couple points. Um, wouldn't surprise me. I mean, Hillary Clinton, as you know, had a lot of negatives. We talked about this a lot last fall. Uh, and the a lot of the major media was so fixated on the kind of the Trump circus show uh, that I think that they weren't really looking at the fact that Hillary Clinton was just a very weak candidate.
0: Fran, when you look at the 100 days of Donald Trump's presidency, I think he signed 30 executive orders. I think that's the number, maybe 25. Anyway, somewhere between 25 and 30. What is his most significant achievement, and what would you categorize as his most Disappointing failure, something that may trail him around for
1: some time. Well, I think there's no question that the failure, and I don't know that you can really lay it at his feet, is the failure to do anything at all about Obamacare. Uh, Admittedly, Obamacare is such a big mess that it's probably unrealistic to expect someone to be able to turn that thing around in a short time. But the Republican Congress has been talking trash about this law and trying to repeal it for seven years And it's kind of disappointing that all of a sudden, once they're in power with a president who agrees with them, that they can't seem to get anything out of the House. Um, As far as his accomplishments, I think the larger issue, really, as far as Trump is concerned, Roy, is that he's just just changing the entire tone and direction of what the government's all about. Uh, I mean, Obama was all about big government, more government. Whatever the cost, you can't do anything without the help of the government. Uh, even small businesses have only made it because of the government, uh, whereas Trump is the exact opposite of that. He is getting government, uh, trying to get government out of people's lives and out of their way.
0: It seems to me, and I've been watching this particularly the last 30 days, uh, maybe a month and a half, Ryan, that as the days click along and uh, president trump did say in an interview with reuters i think that he wasn't ready to be the president of the united states but it seems to me now in the last few weeks they understand that they're going to be in the receiving end of protest after march after protest after march from the left whether it's political whether it's Uh, You know, social uh, engineering, whatever it is, they're going to be on the other end of the receiving end of marches, and I think they've gotten comfortable with the idea, and they've said, it seems to me, that they've said, we're just going to go on and do our job in government, and hell with them.
1: Right, and I think that's exactly what they should do, and that's exactly what they are doing. Um, But it's interesting. I think the uh, to to grab a cliche, I think the left, the, the Democratic Party, has a tiger by the tail because. I assume you have seen these reports about where leftist protesters have been going after Democrats now, uh, going after Tom Perez, the new DNC chairman, and uh, going after Dianne Feinstein in San Francisco, saying uh, that they're not far enough to the left. Um, So I think the Democrats may find themselves, the Democratic leadership may find themselves in a very sticky position when they've got these folks who are advocating really extreme uh, left-wing policies that clearly are not supported by the majority of voters. Uh, and, you know, they're they're under attack. The Democrats are under attack, too, from these same folks.
0: Yeah, I think sometimes when you grab the tiger by the tail, the result is inevitable. Or somebody said years ago, the, the scenery only changes for the lead dog in a mushing <laughs> team. So right.
1: Right. Let me um, let me take a quick break. Interesting to me that Feinstein was the subject of serious protest out there because yeah. because she wouldn't embrace single payer a single payer system.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a lot of ultra left attitude in the United States or certainly it sounds like a lot maybe it's a little but they make a lot of noise
1: right they get a lot of attention they get a lot, a lot of attention there. exactly there's, there's more organization to that crowd than people would
0: suspect well, well Fran is there this alliance between mainstream media in the United States and 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 uh, and the left in politics and the last left in, in 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 the world of education have they formed either um, you know a a specific and defined alliance Or is it just a fly-by-the-seat-of-your-pants alliance, their their combined objective is to harm Donald Trump? Which one is it?
1: Well, I I think there's no... I mean, alliance, I think, is too strong a word, Roy. They definitely have shared very strong shared interests. Um, I mean, the academic community in the United States has been moving hard to the left for decades, as you know, and... and, uh, has just gotten worse and worse. I mean, they're completely out of step with the average American. Um, so naturally they they uh, they agree with and are some of these far left protesters and people. Um the media, to me there's a combination of factors with the media. The, the media is definitely sympathetic. It's it's there's a lot of youth and inexperience in the media, so there's a lot of sloppy mistakes that didn't That's used hard. to be made. Uh, a lot of things are defined as media now that wouldn't have been considered media even 10 years ago. Um, so I think the media, th- there may be some, there's sympathy in the media for the left, but I think there's more to it than, uh, you know, it's not as, as simple as an alliance, if you will.
0: All right. Hold on, please, Fran. We're going to come back with Fran Coombs from Rasmussen Reports, is RasmussenReports.com. I think somebody should tell the students at Berkeley that Homer Simpson is going to be speaking there shortly.
1: Direct, Direct. hard-hitting, no holds
0: barred. The Rory Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network
1: Mr. President, do you
0: fear a trade war with Canada, sir? Do you fear a trade war with Canada, sir? No, not at all. Why not? They have a tremendous surplus with the United States. Whenever they have a surplus, I have no fear. By the way, virtually every country has a surplus with the United States. We have massive trade deficits. So when we're the country with the deficits, we have no fear. President Donald Trump on the issues confronting uh, the United States and Canada and Mexico with NAFTA. Now, he was going to cancel NAFTA, as you know, and uh, then had a conversation with President Nieto of uh, Mexico and who's the guy in Ottawa? oh yeah uh, yeah Trudeau the second and uh, and 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 so the word Fran is that uh, president Nieto and Prime Minister Trudeau talked Donald Trump out of uh, you know his plan to dump NAFTA what's the real story here what's going well, on here?
1: I don't I don't buy that at all. I think Trump basically forced them all both to the table. I mean, he he came out and said, "I'm going to scrap NAFTA," and all of a sudden, within 36 hours, the headline was that Canada and Mexico have agreed to renegotiate. So, uh, so I think Trump, you know, Trump's a negotiator. I think he got exactly what he wanted so far.
0: So this was the opening shot.
1: Yeah, and he knew it, what was it,
0: he yeah. knew what was going to happen, right? He knew he knew he'd get calls from Mexico and Ottawa.
1: Oh, of course. And he knew that the media in this country would denounce him and you know the New York Times would declare that it was the end of the world and that kind of thing. He he knows what to expect all that kind of stuff.
0: So what should we be doing in this country? You understand Washington, you were an editor of the Washington Times for many years, you know how the system works. Should this country be looking actively to do business with other parts of the world and consider the Trump administration to be if not antagonistic, then certainly unpredictable?
1: No, I would I actually I think the Trump administration is probably going to be very predictable. I think I think what what we're seeing is is that we've had, as Trump himself said, or, or the perception at least is, that we've had politicians negotiating trade agreements while your country and others have had their best and brightest business people involved in these things. The United States has not. And so Trump wants to get, get some, of, some of the American business know-how at the negotiating table. And I think I mean, I, you know, businessmen want stability. So the last thing Trump wants to do is have a market that's constantly in flux. He just wants to get better deals for the United States.
0: What's he going to do to North Korea? What do you think?
1: That's going to be very interesting to see. I think this guy, he's not going to fool around. I mean, if his, I think if his people tell him that this guy legitimately is in a position to launch a nuclear missile, I think he's going to knock hell out of North Korea.
0: And who knows what happens then, right? That right.
1: Well, I mean, the thing is, I mean, North Korea has no; they have no support anywhere in the world. I mean, no, they even don't. they have. Again, if there's one thing Trump has done in the last two or three weeks, he's gotten the Chinese to finally turn up the pressure on North Korea. Uh, but clearly, the perception of a lot of people in the world is is that this guy. Uh, I mean, all the talk we've everybody's been laughing at all this talk for for several years now. Yeah. But I mean, now they're getting to the point where. The talk keeps coming, and if this guy doesn't back down in the face of these, uh, you know, heavy-duty, hardline pressure from the United States and others, that suggests that maybe he is never going to back down. Yeah, it's the haircut. Yeah. <laughs> those, those are strange folks. It's a haircut. It really is the haircut. And, uh, you know, and obviously, you know, too, Obama. That was one of his biggest words well, yeah. to Trump on Inauguration Day was, yeah. beware of North Korea.
0: Why is there no complaining the United States or in the United States or or um, or France for example that Obama placed a support call to the opponent of Marie Le Pen for the French presidency so there's US interference not to mention the hundreds of thousands of dollars the Obama administration delivered to Benjamin Netanyahu's uh, opponents prior to and during the most recent Israeli election US clearly has a, has a history of interfering uh, with the election in Israel, and appears to be interfering, although he's now a private citizen, Obama in the French election.
1: Yeah, I don't know that the U.S. used to have that kind of, used to interfere like that. I think Obama has taken that to a new level. Uh, and I think the reason there's not more of a flurry of, of concern here is in Obama's ancient history. I mean, the Republicans just want him off stage, and they're not going to investigate him any more than they're going to, and going to investigate Hillary Clinton.
0: So uh, how do you see the next 100 days developing for Donald Trump? Are things going to settle down, or will we just not know until whatever happens, happens?
1: Well, I mean, I think Trump, is uh, he's made it pretty clear that it's full speed ahead. I mean, he wants tax reform. Uh, The Republicans appear to be uh, putting together some kind of Obamacare package. Um, I mean, yes, we're going into the summer, and Congress traditionally takes long recesses. Uh, but I think, you know, Trump's going to keep the pressure on them to do some things. And um, so so I think we can expect a, a lot to happen. Uh, but but I, I, the one thing I'm really curious about, Roy, is how much Americans can continue to stomach all this negativity on the left. Yeah. I just how much longer. I think people are already tuning it out I a think lot. So. Uh, and I just I'm just wondering how long the left can kind of keep up this. Uh, just constant nattering no, no, no all the time.
0: Well, it's their version of the Play-Doh that they were looking for previously. Uh, Fran, thank you very much for uh, for taking the time to join us. I just wanted to say this, that whenever Donald Trump missteps as President of the United States, you know that we have a fellow in Ottawa who will call him and correct
1: him. Oh, well, I'm happy to hear that. Yeah. Just that, that'll, to sh- keep, that'll keep Trump on the
0: line. I, absolutely, yeah. So you can share that. That's not a that's not an exclusive story that's... <laughs>
1: anyway, it, it could be fake really news. Absurd,
0: <laughs> it, it could be fake news,
1: though, Fran. I don't know. <laughs> you never know these days. Never
0: know. Thanks for the time. I really appreciate it. Good talking to you, my friend.
1: Okay. My pleasure, as always.
0: Bye-bye. Fran Coombs, Managing Editor. Rasmussen polling joining us from... I don't know where he was joining us from. United States. When we come back, Professor Alan Lichtman, he's a distinguished professor of history, At American University in Washington, D.C., he's the author or co-author of eight books, including The Case for Impeachment, and Professor Lichtman says Donald Trump will be impeached. Professor Lichtman has correctly predicted the outcome of every presidential election since 1984, and that includes Trump versus Clinton. Stay with us.